0: Welcome to the Risk and Repeat Podcast, episode number 135. I'm Rob Wright, Editorial Director of Search Security, and I am here with my site editor, Peter Lotion. Peter, welcome. Hi, Rob. Peter, how are you doing? Pretty good. How about you? It's Monday. Yes. So, you know, it, I, as good as could be expected on a Monday, Monday before the holiday break coming up. Uh, yes, we're recording this on Monday, December 17th. We. We usually record. We try to record on a Friday. Uh, we got pushed on Monday. And that's that's fine by me because it's given me a little bit more time to delve into today's subject matter, which is the Equifax Breach Report. Uh, the U.S. House Committee on Oversight and Government Reform, they published a report that offers some interesting details about the investigation into the Equifax Breach. What happened, man? And some of this has already been, uh, I guess, disclosed. It's trickled out. You know, we learned that part of the problem with uh, the breach a while back had been, and I don't know if you remember this, Peter, but there was this uh, uh, expired certificate on a, uh, a network security device that was supposed to be checking traffic, and it wasn't working properly because the certificate expired. And for you know, n- for 19 months
1: I think right? yeah for a while yeah. for a
0: long time and so and this,
1: so it was quiet it was good right
0: <laughs> <laughs> nothing to see here everything's everything's good all yeah. all clear yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so we we knew that but but there's other things in this report that are I don't want to say they're astounding because they're not. I mean we've seen enough of these mistakes and errors. But I think it adds context to, and and a number of uh, uh, people that we follow on InfoSec Twitter, in uh, the expert InfoSec community out there, have talked about this. How all the blame was just sort of immediately heaped on the the Apache Struts vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you do anything? The Apache Struts vulnerability is disclosed a few days later. The, the you know the the uh, the attack happens, and they use this exploit. Or the vulnerability, they exploit the vulnerability, and, and and what happened? Why didn't you do anything? I mean, they did scan. Like we found out that they scanned and they missed, you know, something, and then it led to, you know, these attackers getting in. But there's so much more going on. Like you realize how sort of, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to make it sound like I'm, I'm providing excuses for Equifax because I'm not. I'm going to be very critical here in a minute. But you look at like how fragmented their environment was and everything that was going on, you can kind of start to see why there are so many, I guess, points of failure and, you know, the complexity just, it, it looks like it just overwhelmed them or wh- whoever was on their security team, it just, it proved to be uh, too much for them to handle, I guess. I know
1: that the term, the, the phrase, uh uh, defense in depth gets thrown around a lot in our business um, but I wonder what the opposite of defense in depth is because it seems like there were a lot of different uh, failures along the line at different levels
0: there there were and I'll, I'll read some of the excerpts here from the report to give people a better idea of of what went on Uh and here's a segment from the report that I think is is really important. Uh, and again, this is the, the House Committee uh, on Oversight and Government Reform, and this report went live uh, earlier this month. And um, I guess for context we should say the Equifax breach was pretty bad. I mean, everyone's heard about it by now, but it's worth repeating and reminding people that it, 148 million people were affected and there was a lot of sensitive data that got spilled and can be used for, you know, any number of purposes. We're going to get into who may have been behind this attack in a minute. But uh, so the report states, uh, Equifax should have addressed at least two points of failure to, uh, to mitigate or even prevent this data breach. First, the lack of accountability and no clear lines of authority in Equifax's IT management structure existed, leading to an execution gap between IT, policy development, and operation. Uh, this also restricted the company's implementation of other security initiatives in a comprehensive and timely manner. As an example, Equifax had allowed over 300 security certificates to expire, including 79 certificates for monitoring business critical domains, end quote. Now. Let's discuss this for a moment. That is, we have written a lot, we have discussed a lot about certificates, digital certificates, SSL, TLS, the importance of, of those certificates, mostly around the topic of semantic and how bad semantic's PA, uh, PKI got and, and, the, and the steps that Google and Mozilla and others took against it uh, to, to correct the, the problems there. But my goodness, Peter, that's a lot. I mean, you you know more about this space than I do. That seems like a lot. Well, it, I want to
1: say that I read something about these certificates being having validity for like ten years.
0: Yes, is that correct? I, I it, for a long time. I don't know if it was ten years. Yeah.
1: So, and then then compare that with the average tenure of a uh, cybersecurity or information security professional who's involved in setting these things up and my guess is that a lot of the people that were involved in setting it up in the first place are were not involved after 10 years or after after the certificates expired yeah. so so but those the legacy p-
0: app is, yeah, yeah yeah
1: exactly that's exactly what it is and 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 the same goes for um, uh, documenting how those certificates were to be maintained i mean the people responsible for it could have, in fact, maybe they probably did write up some instructions for their successors. Maybe they didn't. I mean, the odds are I would, I would, I would say it's even money. But the, but what I wouldn't say is even money is that if there was documentation or a, or any kind of indication of what they were supposed to do going, you know, going forward with these certificates, whatever it was, they weren't doing it. Um, and it's the kind of thing where, if you're smart, you set up a, a schedule of, of uh, compliance or 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 secure a certificate checks to make sure that all your certificates are, are valid and yeah. and working. Do that every at least once a year because if you're not doing it once a year, then you're not doing it. And you and probably would be a bad idea to do it
0: quarterly. But of course, you got to spend resources to do that. Right, but. I mean to that point though we're not talking about a lot I mean these are certificates they're not expensive that I mean this when I see this I think to myself well if Equifax is not doing something as simple as sort of making sure certificates for their domains and certificates for their you know networking security monitoring and all that if if that many aren't taking care of if they're just sitting around expired no one not only is it, like, a – it's a serious problem for the organization, and I wonder if most organizations aren't doing this sort of thing, but I also wonder, like, is there some responsibility, I guess, on on the part of whoever issued these certificates? You mean the CA? The yeah, to, to, like, to do more than just send a, oh, you know, here's a token email that the certificate's set to expire. Well – because it's like alert fatigue. You see those things, and you just, like, you tune them out, you know? Did, um, did we ever
1: determine that the certificates were issued by Symantec or a Symantec uh, it's, partner? It's,
0: it's unclear. I mean, I, you can't really tell by looking at the report. I, I will say that, the, yeah, so there's a part in this report that talks about the traffic monitoring device is called, un, uh, quote, unquote, an SSL visibility appliance, so SSL V appliance, and there's a diagram in there for um, what this appliance does, and it's it's from Semantic. Now, Semantic has an SSL visibility appliance, like that's what. So I assume that it was a Semantic certificate and mm-hmm. a Semantic device. I, there's no confirmation of that, but that's what it looks like from the report. And the report could be wrong. I mean, we're talking about the government here. And this isn't to put it on the, like, the CA in semantic. <coughs> I mean, Lord knows they have enough problems or had enough problems. They sold the business to DigiCert now. But, I mean, it is the responsibility of whoever's running those products to, like like, who bought those products and is operating them to... Renew those domains, or, or or to renew those certificates, rather, um, assuming that the
1: that the products are still supported, which is another you know another an, an, another source of of, uh, of challenges for for doing security because if your if you're if, if your security providers are selling your products that expi that that have a um, an expected lifetime of three to five or three to s- or four to seven or five to seven years after after the end of life you know there there's no money in it to to support it there's there's no re- the resources are, the resources aren't even there because people are moving on with their careers and they're looking at new products so um so yeah it would be great if we had databases that tracked every device and that that tracked every certificate and that you know that could track things down in the same way that you can track down a car based on its uh, VIN number uh, I shouldn't say VIN number it's a VIN it's VIN. a vehicle identification number right but it's like saying PIN number <laughs> exactly
0: not to dump on you there
1: <laughs> no it's it's just it's basically the same thing yeah, yeah. but yeah um, the point being that we should be able to track these things there should be some infrastructure for tracking them and for keeping keeping track of them and making sure that they're that they're not causing, uh, that they're not creating problems, because um, that's not what they were intended for. They're intended to stop problems, but yeah. so when they when they're causing problems or or, or enabling problems, yeah. then, I would then say then enabling, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so that's, yeah. yeah, that's bad. I mean, I, I would say when you have that m- number of of certificates that have lapsed. Uh, it's on the organization it's not on the ca but you you kind of wonder like well what could the ca or cas because who knows like a lot of companies they may have gotten their certificates from multiple uh different pkis or or, or vendors or resellers or whoever You, you never know uh you wonder what they could have done to say hey equifax like you need to like, this is really bad. You're gonna you're gonna get pwned. Like you need to renew these things now. Um, they've been expired for a significant amount of time. And I just wonder too, like, now that the news about this is out there, I mean, if you were a threat actor, I'd be I, I mean, seriously, I would be this is something I would be taking a hard look at to see I mean, to to check and see if well you know, are are organizations, other organizations out there making the same mistakes that Equifax made with their certs? Like, did they let them lapse, and they and they are you know totally unaware? Um, well, I mean, and you and you
1: you mentioned that earlier. You know, what is this a is this a standard operating procedure for companies or, or not? And like, yeah, you know, I think that there that, that by and large the companies fall into two categories: the ones yeah. that do standard operating procedures that are, that are meant to make things better and the ones that do standard operating procedures that are m- intended to bolster the bottom line without concern about whether or not it makes things better and i i think in the long run and i'm not saying whether equifax falls into one category or the other I'll you know I'm I, I'm not qualified to make that judgment but i think that over time if it to the extent that these failures affect the bottom line it's a positive thing. Mm. We want to see them affect the bottom line because we want to see these companies that don't, that can't. You know, we want to see evolution in action, mm. and and that's one of the ways to do it. But if 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 the market keeps rewarding companies that that, uh, that looked at the bottom line before they consider at all the safety and 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 uh, and rights of their customers or consumers, then I think that's going to be a problem
0: yeah yeah well a few, a few points here to to bring up about the report that i think are are interesting and worth noting for our discussion Equifax, obviously they you know the apache struts vulnerability they didn't fully patch all of their systems there was a a, a rogue that I, I guess they missed Equ- uh, i'll read from the report here uh Quote, Equifax's automated consumer interview system, uh, in parentheses, ACIS, a custom-built internet-facing consumer dispute portal developed in the 1970s, (laughs) the question mark at the end of that is mine, by the way, it's not in Mm -hmm. the report, was running a version of Apache Struts containing the vulnerability. Equifax did not patch the Apache Struts software located within ACIS, leaving its system uh, its systems and data exposed, end quote. 1970s.
1: Well, they obviously didn't have Apache Struts back then, but they probably just bought a product that converted their code into something that would run under Apache Struts.
0: Yeah. So that they could do it. That threw and me for a loop. I, I thought, you know, maybe like 90s, early 90s or something. That, that, like, But an app that they built in the 70s that was – I, I, you know, you, I mean, obviously retrofitted to serve as a as a web app or whatever. Mm. That's incredible. Uh, next point. Uh, Equifax did not see again. I'm quoting from the report. Equifax did not see the data exfiltration because the device used to monitor ACIS network traffic had been inactive for 19 months. Peter, as you pointed out, due to an expired certificate uh, security certificate on July 29th. Uh, 2017 Equif- Equifax updated the expired certificate and immediately noticed the suspicious <laughs> web traffic. That's incredible. Well, that's like I they mean, didn't even good. know, like, like oh, we have to do this. They just, I guess, they, it sounds like from the report, they just did it, and they were, and they like were all like, of a sudden, oh, oh no. <laughs> well, but but that shows that they had the tools that could have allowed them
1: to to catch this, and and make it not a a, a huge uh, problem for everybody.
0: Yeah. So I, I want to make a note about that. So, okay. And I I, I, I did a little mini-tweet storm about this. But so, uh, okay, y- you let the certificate expire in that network monitoring device. Okay. But you also had 300 security certificates expire. And 79 of those were for monitoring critical domains, critical so it's not just the one. It's a lot. All right. Renewing those certificates would not have prevented the breach, right? Right, but it would have maybe enabled them to So that's the thing. To catch it. It's it didn't it didn't stop them from using the Apache Struts vulnerability to get into the ACIS app, you know, this this seventies app, whatever. It didn't stop them from you know, like the, the renewing the certificates would not have stopped the threat actors from finding. This is another thing. They found a file with uh, usernames and credentials of people that, you know, of Equifax system, you know, employees, and system admins just sitting around. Wasn't, like,
1: wasn't that for a bunch of databases? For like yeah, all the databases? For the, for the, databases.
0: Yeah. So, the yeah. so, they, so they were able to get this, this file with all these usernames and passwords and start moving laterally, making laterals all over the place, like the. Dolphins against the Patriots, ouch! <laughs> I, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, I know. It went over your head. You don't watch sports, and that one hurts me deep. Uh, <laughs> but so, they're, so, they, so they're, they're moving laterally all over the place with yeah. these because they got a password file now. So the, the certificates wouldn't have stopped that either. But if they had renewed those certificates like that, could have the minute they started trying to set up an exfiltration you know uh, of of this data they could have seen it and stopped it and i this is the interesting thing i don't even know that the threat act, i mean did do you think the threat actors knew that they were in the clear do you think they knew they were like like oh we've been in this place now for i mean they said that the report said that they were in that network for 79 days so a long time
1: mm-hmm.
0: i assume that they probably looked around, and since they had so much freedom to roam throughout the environment, they probably saw that, like, oh, they, all these certificates are expired. We can just let's just let's let's get this train moving. They're not even going to see it. But I don't know that. I don't know that they knew that that SSL visibility device was was not going to work properly.
1: Yeah, I don't know either.
0: But but you know, bottom line
1: there were all these little failures that, yeah. that added up to, uh, to, to a huge failure. And I think um, that that's the difference is that yeah, like and there was no one single step that would have prevented the whole thing, no. but there was. There, the, the single If you look at it in, ter- in, um, in holistic terms and, if, and you say the one thing they should have done is to have a defense to deploy it Design and deploy defense in depth, and that means making sure you're up to date on your on your updates, so you don't worry about uh, struts. Making sure that you don't that all your credentials files are not lying around somewhere on the network. I mean, th- yeah. th- these are all hard things to do, but they're important things to do to to get defense in depth. And if if they had done that, they they would have certainly not seen the the. the um, magnitude of damage that was ultimately yeah, done.
0: Yeah, and again they they did patch this, they just didn't patch it completely, the, the Apache struts. I'll read from the report. Um, Equifax used Apache struts to run certain applications on legacy operating systems. Um, the following day uh, so, so on March 17, uh, March seventh, two 2017, a critical vulnerability in the Apache struts software was publicly disclosed. The following day, the Department of Homeland Security alerted Equifax to this critical vulnerability. Equifax's global threat and vulnerability management team emailed this alert to over 400 people on March 9th, instructing anyone who had Apache struts running on their system to apply the necessary patch within 48 hours. So that's pretty – I mean, that – they would have – if they had gotten everything – that's, I mean, that's not bad. That's not a bad response. That's not a bad patch management system or policy that they have in place. I mean, ultimately, you're talking about four days after that alert went out that you would expect everything to be patched, but it's better than most... I, I don't want to say better than most companies. I don't know what most companies did for that Apache struts fall, but that's... it's not bad, but they missed that app. They missed that app because of exactly what you're talking about. They didn't have a full sort of view of what they what their exposures were and what their apps were and their resources and assets. And and yeah, the thing I go back to, I'll just go the other way from your defense in depth. I mean, if all they did was just renew their certs, they would have spotted this and 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 instead of 140 something million people, maybe it's only a few thousand. Maybe maybe they start the exfiltration process and immediately bam, then again maybe they they the threat actors had so many hard coded or uh, not hard-coded uh, uh uh usernames and passwords that they were able to just uh, you know they could have just gone in and switched that visibility appliance off who who knows i you know it's hard to hard to tell but you feel like i feel like something as simple as renewing those certs could have gone a long way into limiting the, in limiting that instead of this being a complete catastrophe just being a small sort of okay. This this small number of people were exposed. We're sorry. We've learned from the mistake. We're moving on to improve our security. Now that you know, Equifax is like synonymous with uh, like horrendous data breaches and bad responses too. But that's another subject. Um, final point, Peter. The report does not make a determination as to who was behind this attack, but it does note that quote after updating the security certificate. Equifax employees identified suspicious traffic from an IP address originating in China. So the the House report doesn't implicate China. It doesn't say that China did it, but that's a very important detail and it follows the Marriott report. The New York Times reported last week that anonymous sources familiar with an investigation into the Marriott breach say uh, that this was, this was China. This was part of a Chinese intelligence operation to collect as much personal data on people, specifically with security clearances, but as much personal data on US citizens as possible. So, surprised, Peter? Not really. I mean, wasn't the, or,
1: or isn't the, um, doesn't the evidence point to China behind OPM? Yeah, 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 China was another, implicated
0: in the OPM. I think yeah. the government actually officially said, uh, you know, in, in sort of the discussions about, you know, the hacking truce that, yeah, you, you guys did this. And yeah. Shame on you. <laughs> um, like, we aren't doing it to them. Not that, that, not that I'm siding with China here, but yeah. Um, they're sort of presumed to be behind a lot of the breaches of, you know, healthcare information and personal data and things like that. So I think we kind of assumed that China was behind the mm-hmm. Equifax attack. So, uh, so there it is. That's sort of a, a top-level overview of the uh, House Committee report on the Equifax breach. Some interesting stuff there, certainly about certificates. Um, I wonder if this is going to. I'm hopeful that people read about this and say, "Oh man, I better, I better check my certificates now." And make sure they're updated and they haven't expired, and figure out a, get get a policy in place, get a schedule. All the things that you talked about, Peter. Um, do you think that's going to be done? Let's go out on a positive note, hopefully.
1: Well, you know what they say that uh, America America does does the right thing after trying all the wrong things. I think is the
0: uh, That's not very the, a positive. Okay,
1: I was hoping we, for an. Well, I think eventually we'll get to the point where we have. Uh, safety control security controls that are similar to what uh you know that that are as comprehensive as are as are what are deployed in aircraft safety where
0: yes you have checklists yes you wrote about that recently yeah yeah i i guess and I you've did. talked about it a lot i do about talk about it. A i mean a lot. lot of people in infosec have but yeah yeah, yeah.
1: but but yeah like i I'll, I'll i'll close out with a quick hopefully sh- short story about when i was a, a college kid and i worked at an airport at, in um, a fixed-base operator uh, filling up uh, light planes with gas and, and changing oil and things like that. One day, a guy forgot to put his landing gear down on his four-seater uh, beach craft. That's like a problem. And he came in for a landing, and it was really astonishing. When the propeller hit the ground, the plane sort of tipped its nose up, and then it hit it again, and, and then it tipped its nose up again. It eventually came to a stop. The propellers were actually... Um, Bent into little spirals. Oh. on e- either side, but the the thing like a is blender,
0: w- like a Cuisinart or something. Well, with the bended. It, uh, regardless. Yeah, yeah, it, it
1: was like like a like a nautilus shell. <laughs> In that kind of a curve because it kept tur- cur- t- turning. But th- my point was that after that happened, and the guy and we and we we dragged this plane into the shop. A uh, day later, the guy from the FAA came to do. An investigation so every time any like n- nobody was hurt the plane was damaged i mean yeah no, it, it wasn't to find,
0: a, Figure out what's wrong yeah, yeah
1: i mean they want to find out why it happened and how they can make it not happen in the future so they sent the guy out now when we have um a federal agency for that, that's concerned with safety um on uh, the cybersecurity safety then we'll see. We'll start seeing that kind of a checklist um, and a uh, and 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 mandatory re- uh, checking out of of all the parties involved. Right. That'll be that's something to look forward to. I don't I, I don't anticipate that happening in the next year or so. It would be nice, but I don't. Yeah, think I'm we not. Ne- I'm not hopeful.
0: Yeah. Either, but dare to dream. Sure. <laughs> all I want for we'll, Christmas. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. 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 Uh, you're more optimistic than I am. but yeah. <laughs> uh, Peter, thanks as usual for discussing the latest and somewhat depressing InfoSec stuff with me. Always happy to be here. And thank you to the readers and listeners of Search Security. I'm Rob Wright, and we'll see you next time.